Hi, friends, and welcome to Screen Vomit. Hi. I'm Michaela, here with my pal, Kali. That's my name. Um, So normally we are, we cover movies that are in theaters, and however, right now, there are no theaters. (laughs) No, because of... there's... He who shall not be named. Um, Ooh, that's good. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> uh, we're doing a couple special eps of movies that are streamable from your own little home. So this week we did first reformed. First um, reformed. First reformed. A movie from 2017, uh, which you can stream online somewhere. Um, <laughs> 20, 2017, big year for movies. Yeah, big year for really good movies that I don't remember hearing about at the no. time that are super good because I've watched a bunch of them this year or yeah. recently. So uh, tell us who's in the flick. Okay, this flick has a perfect cast of perfect people in the sure. leading role. Da, 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 it's Ethan Hawke. Hell yeah. Ethan Hawke, famously in uh, the 2005 film Lord of War, opposite Nicolas Cage. Okay. (laughs) Just a little tidbit for you. He's also in The Purge, Boyhood, Training Day. Like, yeah. (laughs) Can pick some movies that anybody's heard of. (laughs) All right. In the second role... It's Amanda Seyfried um, from uh, Red Riding Hood. Okay. She's Um, also in Mean Girls. Okay, yeah. No one knows what that is. She and Veronica Mars. She and Mamma Mia. Mamma Mia. Mm -hmm. You like Mamma Mia? Never saw it, but I will (laughs) tell you, Mamma Mia 2 trailer made me cry every time. (laughs) Just the trailer. <laughs> because of Cher? Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> okay, well, we, we also got uh, Cedric the Entertainer going by Cedric Kyles. Um, yeah, this is the first time he's ever been credited with his birth name. Yeah. Serious movie for a serious name. Mm-hmm. No longer just entertaining. Uh, we have Victoria Hill. Philip. We've pretty much named like the names of the movie. Yeah, yeah, we have. <laughs> yeah, um, it's also written and directed by Paul Schrader, who also wrote Taxi Driver. Yeah, very similar vibes. Cool. Yeah, we can get into that. Let's. Uh, oh, critic scores. We're looking at ninety three percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yep. And eighty five on Metacritic. As we know, Metacritic <sighs> always a little wrong. <laughs> <laughs> always skews low or super high. Yeah, and always the wrong way. So this is definitely a 90s percent of movie. There's no way that this would get less than 90 in my book. Um, But before we get into it, into it, uh, let's watch the dang trailer. Hell yeah. I've decided to keep a journal to set down all my thoughts and the simple events of my day. I will keep this diary for one year. And at the end of that time, it will be destroyed. my son to enlist. It was a family tradition. Six months later, he was dead in Iraq. I was lost. My son's the reading of the Lord. Praise be God. 
are you? Oh, I'm fine. No, really. It's been a while since we've talked. Even a pastor needs a pastor. Did you see the doctor? You need someone to take care of you. Well, I want you to be happy. I know that nothing can change, and I know there is no hope. Reverend Toller? Yes, Mary. You must come over. You must come over now. Explosives. She was becoming someone I didn't know. Opportunistic diseases, anarchy, martial law. You will live to see this. You had no idea that he was thinking of. No, I'm so frightened. These kids, they want certainty. You know, don't think, follow. They fall prey to extremism. It's a world without hope. No, I have not lost my faith. You think that what we did together was a sin? I've seen enough real sin to know the difference. You didn't tell the police, right? Take a look at your own life before you criticize others. These are frightening times. We have to be patient. Well, somebody has to do something. Are you shake as I write these lines. Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Can God forgive us for what we've done to this world? Who can know the mind of God? Okay, wow. Yeah. Goosebumps. <laughs> um, so just like a little summary. Um, the pastor of a small church in upstate New York spirals out of control after a soul-shaking encounter with an unstable environmental activist and his pregnant wife. That's pretty much the, uh, yeah. The I disagree. I would not say You disagree? Yeah, he's not spiraling out of control. <laughs> Toller... He's clearly spiraling out of control. Oh, no, he's fine. My man is cool as hell. <laughs> he's level-headed. He knows what he's doing. This whole movie, I mean, some stuff happens, but really what's happening is it's a long stretch of you just watching this man slowly lose his mind and his body. Yeah. <laughs> but it's really good. And it doesn't feel long, I don't think. No. And it like, people were like, I, I read some stuff about like, yeah, even though it's a slow movie. And I was like, this doesn't feel slow to me. I get, I, I can, okay, I can empathize or understand how people could see it being a slow movie because it is kind of static and it is, um, you know, it's not fucking good time with the, the all the bright colors. Right. And There's not a lot of action, action but, but things are still happening. They're just all leading to one thing. It's, yeah. It moves so well yeah. to me and it is mm -hmm. so engaging. And not to mention that it is beautiful <laughs> oh absolutely yes Delight the like cinematography watch. the set design the colors like just the whole look of it is so pretty and if anybody's listening that hasn't seen it i i mean you should just like google image it or something because yeah. like there are some really pretty shots in this so it's it's really nice to even just look at yeah it was shot in a okay I, someday i want to learn to understand what the fuck screen ratios or aspect ratios are, but it was shot yeah. in a uh, 4-3 aspect ratio, um, which I watched a video about uh, what 
that means. Well, look at you. I did a little research on this one. Oh, my. And it is supposed <laughs> to feel like an simple, it's supposed to encourage like simple setting setting designs mm-hmm. And, and, it, and it's supposed to feel a little more claustrophobic, exactly. I think is what it is. Yeah. yeah. Which it does. <laughs> yeah. You know? The- and I really, I really did like their set design on almost every set. It's just so like, it's like simple, clean. There are some times that they're in rooms that there's, there's nothing in the room, you know? Yeah. It really like forces you to focus on what's happening in the story, which I think is really cool. Yeah. It's it's gorgeous. Love it. Yeah. And the um light uh, the light in her house that looks like an eyeball. That's yeah. just also cool. <laughs> <laughs> I love that light and I want it. How did this movie impact you personally? Like what reactions did you have to it? I mean, it is like disturbing, but also it's like kind of forces you to confront reality in a certain way, you know, like, because it is, it's all about that they, I guess you have to kind of draw in some of the plot here, Um, that Amanda Seyfried's character is pregnant, Mm -hmm. her boyfriend wants her to get an abortion because he's an environmental activist, and he feels a lot of guilt um, about bringing in a child to the world when we all know and can see that within 40 or 50 years maybe sooner if maybe sooner you know yeah. um as pollution and things go um global warming is going to severely affect the way the habitability of earth you know i mean there um there are <clears throat> theories that like to fucking bring this into modern focus there are substantial theories that are connecting fucking climate change to goddamn the thing going on. Yeah. Like that this movie is like a gut punch. Uh yeah, it is. And you don't you just don't really see like this being talked about that much in a in a movie like this, you know. No. I, I don't know how else to like really say that. Like, it's not a documentary, it's a fictionalized movie, but that's a very real thing that we are dealing with and that a lot of people, um, I mean, are are reconsidering having children because of the way that the earth is moving currently, you know, and yeah. it's really fucked up. And this movie's all about that. And I think that's really neat that they did that. I think it's cool. And it also just... I mean, this isn't an escape movie. <laughs> no. It's, this is you are forced to confront reality movie. <laughs> you're, yeah, you sit with something and I, I really fucking appreciate it. It it makes yeah. me feel, uh, honestly, more than anything, it really makes me feel not alone. Um, yeah. I think. Yeah, because you can feel like, uh, you know, I'm just a crazy maniac, like screaming into the void when all you read about is like how everybody in a position of power in this country is denying that climate change is even real. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when like we all can see the research and the current effects, you know? Yeah. Um, and stuff like that. So, 
yeah, it just, yeah, it's kind of a little validating in that way too, yeah. So, like, it's validating in that sense, and then it is, I think, important to confront these realities, and however you must, you have to internalize it and reckon with it. Um, Yeah. And I think this movie poses that very well. Beyond that, I, I, I have a... wicked twisted history with uh christianity um you know i was i've talked about this i've born and raised catholic and i like renounced catholicism when i was a freshman in high school pretty standard Mm -hmm. shit but very edgy oh super edgy (laughs) yeah no i but looking back i was like fuck good i'm glad you got out of it sooner rather than later but like i i uh I dated, uh, in, in college, I dated a girl who was very Christian and tried to convert for her. Mm-hmm. And that didn't take. That was... Yeah, I've also been there. Yeah. <laughs> I And so, as, as someone who, I think pretty regularly, I'm, I look at religion because, as, mainly because my parents still practice and I'm, I keep in touch with my parents. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I want to see practical application of Christianity, of, like, Christian thought. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's really fucking refreshing to see religion pressed on that question here. uh, As this movie does. Yeah, I didn't think about it that way, but you're totally right. Um, That, yeah, we don't see it brought up quite that way, really, ever. No, I mean, it's, (laughs) it's, and it's, I, it's, Interesting, because Lindsay has a, I guess she's an aunt, technically, um, who is another very big Jesus freak, but she, like a naturalist to an even bigger extent. It's, uh, I'm just thinking as you're saying this, we're talking about it in a way that's like, oh yeah, I have an uncle who's gay or something. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> pretty Christian much. Instead. Yeah, it is. It's just, <laughs> uh, but she, but uh, her husband. Her, oh, I have an aunt who's a Christian. Ooh. It's just something we got to talk. You know, we all have our people are we love who participate in things we disagree with. Um, it's funny. No, we don't disagree with being gay. Just, oh, yeah. Not uh, that. Just the religion. Clarifying part. There. Just funny. Um, um, carry on. Carry on. But like her husband, Lindsay's uncle, his fucking goal now is to make a machine that uh, uh, safely disposes of waste. That, like, environmentally friendly waste disposal. <laughs> For some reason, when you started with uh, her Christian uncle, I thought I uh, was making a machine. I was like, a machine to get to heaven? Or- <laughs> <laughs> More honestly? What? Yes. To an extent, yes. That's why he's building the damn thing. It's to say, hey, God, look at what I'm doing. Oh, boy, I hope Uncle Jim never listens to this ep. Um, it's to say, like, hey, God, look, I, I helped the world. Can I get into heaven now? And and I have yeah. always respect. You know what? I, a lot of things I disagree with him about. But this is something that I'm like, you know what? That is fucking ideologically consistent. And so I can respect yeah. that. That, like... Yes, you can recognize that this is... If you're going to be Christian and believe that God created the earth, then you 
should totally fucking worship the earth. Yeah. And and that is like a big, huge theme in this movie is like basically the tagline, will God forgive us for what we're doing to his creation? Like how he created this earth for us and we're demolishing yeah. it, you know, Absolutely. basically. Um, and even, I mean, you're hearing so many stories even recently about how like smog has cleared over China, the fish are back in the rivers in Italy and all this kind of stuff. Like just since people have been stuck in their homes for the last couple weeks or a couple months, depending on where you live. Yeah. Um, and the earth is like reclaiming itself. You exactly. Know? Like capitalism has been reined <laughs> in think, to an extent. But do you think when this is over, I mean, if slash when this is over, the people are going to change literally anything about their lives. No, no probably not. They're going to go right back to being how they were, um, which sucks ass. And we, yeah, that's that. <laughs> yeah, no, it's really, look, it is a very bleak time to live. I think, okay, mm -hmm. I I do believe there's a, a core tenant, tenant, a, a core belief in Buddhism, you know, that life is suffering, right? Like, you mm -hmm. all existence is suffering and all you are doing is working against that. All you can do is push it mm -hmm. back to extents. And I subscribe to that belief. So I, I'm not saying that this time is in history is unique in that it is more suffering uh, than any other way. But there is, you know, there's something different about it. Uh, and maybe it's just because I'm, I can only relate to this time and this, these crises uh Mm -hmm. be they pandemics or understanding that you know in 12 short years maybe 10 what 10 or 12 years things uh, the environment the earth is not expected to be the same as it is today it's expected right. to deteriorate to a level that will impact daily life I mean, I'd say for sure, like, there have been times in history where things were looking pretty bleak. Yeah. I mean, there have been other pandemics that wiped out literally half the world's population or stuff like that, you know. But, like, for us right now, I mean, it's a combination of several things. One is that we have so much access to information. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, two is that we know more now. Um, like science is advanced in such a way that we're able to make, you know, global predictions about climate and things like that, which wasn't, you know, previously possible or not to the same extent as it is now. Mm -hmm. And, you know, with the pandemic on top of that, with healthcare the way it is, with like all these things just like culminating together at once and the misinformation that's also going around. Oh, um <laughs> Uh, and that's also easily accessible. Yeah. Um, yeah, it just makes it a really complicated time to be alive. And, and just looking, like, staring down the barrel of the, you know, end of the world, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, fucking crazy. It, it's... It, what, what is really fucking insane about it is that nothing's happening. It, this could... Uh, I hope that... Uh, a, a result of this massive global upheaval of of normalcy. I hope a result of it is 
an empowered population that is willing to demand mm-hmm. um, and, yeah. and, and really I mean, that would be the goal. Yeah. Really take something from from what's going on. Mm-hmm. That's my hope. But I think the timing of this pandemic, I mean, I kind of wish it happened just a little bit earlier, but um, <laughs> hey, COVID, I mean, come on, early enough that we could have, you know, really fought more for Bernie. Sure. Absolutely. Uh, IMO. But, you know, because of the timing of it, a lot of his platforms are getting pushed through anyway because of the problems that we're seeing brought up by this illness, yeah. you know, by, uh, you know, half the population losing their job, <laughs> um, by all of us not having health care mm-hmm. in a time when everyone is sick and having no way to deal with everyone being sick (laughs) and like these kind of things like finally because of that we're seeing some of his platforms which should have been common sense and are common sense but are for whatever one reason or another capitalism etc you know have been pushed down or you know ignored dismissed whatever so at least we're getting that and hopefully that leads to something something better and better i don't know (laughs) it's really hard to say but you see a lot of people right now practicing like socialism you know taking care of other people donating when they can giving food to people when they can um that has been really beautiful and heartening to me yeah um it has i just read a story about a restaurant in chicago that's preparing 250 meals every day to give out to people that live in the neighborhood that need it um like all this kind of stuff, yeah. It's been that's been at least cool. But then I also see <laughs> five women just today on uh, my town's Facebook page asking where they can get their nails done, oh, and yeah. that's look, makes you feel something else. <laughs> look, <laughs> sisters gotta. I don't know. Gotta keep. I don't know any. Where are they going with these nails? <laughs> I don't know. Can't you just do your nails at home? Lindsay gave me a pedicure or a manicure. That's the hand one. Yeah. The other day. Yeah. It was nice. Well, it depends on what you're doing, I guess. I don't know. I don't. I'm not a person who gets my nails done either because I have naturally beautiful, gorgeous. Wow. Nails. Okay. Um, but many people like like my mom always got her nails done constantly because when she didn't like. She worked in, like, a rough job, Mm -hmm. you know, like, her hands were all cracked and, like, manly and calloused and whatnot. But she would get these nail jobs (laughs) with these, like, beautiful fake nails, you know, that are, like, glued on however they do and, like, gel manicure or whatever it is. I don't know how much of all that you can do at home. Maybe some, but... uh, Tweet at us. Also, why the fuck does it matter? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Just be normal for a minute. (laughs) Jesus. Anyway, <laughs> I wish y'all could see my <laughs> several days in hair right oh, now. Oh <laughs> boy! Yeah, it's getting pretty wild. I should grow my hair out. Yeah, do it. Who cares? Yeah. Literally, who cares right now? <laughs> uh, sorry to goo, as I am going to be ugly for the core. Um, <laughs> not that that's anything new. Uh, okay, so. <laughs> I think you're pretty, Kayla. This movie... Oh, shut up. I don't oh, need that. Oh, okay. I'm um, vlogging. Okay. <laughs> Being ugly is my brand. 
it's my brand and I'm leaning into it and I'm I'm into it. Yeah, it's fine being ugly and having muscles. I love it. Hell yeah. Cool. So this movie was inspired by a couple things from, I think, a book called Diary of a Country Priest, mm-hmm. where a young priest uh, writes a diary where he questions his capacity to help spiritually his people while hurting from a mysterious stomach illness. And also a 1955 movie called The Ordet. I don't know if that's how you say it, but I think it is. Okay. Um, that looks pretty cool, and now I kind of want to watch it. It's about this guy with three sons who, like, one of them is just a normal Christian like his dad. Mm-hmm. One of them has renounced Christianity, and then one of them thinks that he is Jesus. Oh, hell yeah. Um, Yeah, so it sounds pretty wild, and I kind of want to yeah. watch it. I might later. So, yeah, so, like, the screenplay for this was based off of all those things, and also when... uh. Amanda Seafried got approached for this. She was IRL pregnant. Oh, so, really? Yeah. So they wrote her pregnancy into the script. It wasn't a part of it previously, and I don't know mm-hmm. how. But because um, <laughs> it seems, you know, a lot of this movie, it kind of starts with her being pregnant. So that went into it. And just the Paul Schrader's own, like, despair about the current state of climate change and things like that. Yeah all culminated to make this movie and it's pretty cool this movie does uh a really wonderful job of eliciting discussion with others Lindsay and i talked a lot after watching this yeah i mean yeah because it really makes you like we said like it, it really makes you pay attention to what's happening and it is like a sad unwinding of things unwinding and spiraling out of things it's pretty emotional, yeah. So, in this movie, Ethan Hawke plays Reverend Toller. He's keeping a journal, so most of the movie is narrated by his journal. And he's a preacher at this little church, First Reformed Church, which the attendance is dwindling because of a nearby mega church. Classic yeah. tale as old as time. So, Amanda Seyfried's character... Uh, yeah, approaches him to talk to her boyfriend about what we mentioned earlier, that she's pregnant and her boyfriend wants her to get an abortion. And she's a good Christian girl who doesn't want an abortion mm-hmm. and kind of remains through this whole movie like the one person who has some hope for the future. You know, she's moving forward and like ready to have her baby and live her life while the men around her are just like absolutely falling apart. <laughs> um, so he talks to this guy. And we find out that Ethan Hawke's character had previously lost a kid and is feeling, he's got to be feeling a lot of guilt from that because he was Mm -hmm. the one, he encouraged his son to enlist in the military and then he died in Iraq. So that's like another thing you're forced (sighs) to think about. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Which, God, the weight you would carry on that. I actually. My my, my man's life is tragic. I have a uh, family story that's similar to this, but you, I think I shouldn't you know, say it on the podcast. Okay, okay, um, okay. So and so he has like a a you know beautiful line right here where he says, uh, "I promise you that whatever despair you feel about bringing a child into this world cannot equal the despair of taking a child from it." That's like a really yeah. You can like really tell he's like feeling feelings about 
his situation and he lost his wife. Well, she didn't die, but they got a divorce after that and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he does a real, I think Toller does a great job of trying to empathize with this man with mm-hmm. what's his name? Patrick or Michael. Good, good Catholic name. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's interesting because Michael is just so far gone. He, I, okay. I talked to my Catholic ass stepbrother at Christmas mm-hmm. and I like cut straight with him. And I was like, I, we got to abortion. He uh, did a very, he's a very well-spoken charismatic guy. So it's easy to like buy into everything he believes, even though that he's like a Catholic Republican. But he, um, he was like, yeah, no, I understand that we'll never agree on abortion because we are operating uh, at the core of, like, the argument on different beliefs. He's like, I believe life, you know, begins in the womb or whatever at conception. He's like, mm-hmm. you believe it? And I was like, I probably, be- fuck, I-, I believe it when the baby pops out. Um, yeah. And, or like, at the for- very least, when he has a brain, at least. Yeah. <laughs> like. <laughs> sure. But, like, Not because. when he's, like, microscopic, like. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> because we operate on that core difference, there's no point in arguing it. Mm-hmm. Because we're ne- neither of us are going to budge on that point. Yeah. Um, and, like, what Michael is feeling here, like, I mean, it isn't wrong that he's concerned about the way the world is going. You can't really, like, argue that because it is happening, you know? No. So no. There's, there's no, like, excuse or reasoning that's going to, like, make that be not true. Um Yeah. No matter what you believe, really. And really, and, all you could tell Michael is just like, "I'm sorry." Like yeah. this, I'm, I'm sorry you feel that way, bro. Uh, yeah, have your babies still, it's, please. <laughs> it's <laughs> trite as fuck, but like, what you what do you say to someone like in that uh, like almost oh, black pilled? I would say mindset like Michael believes the world is fucked to an extent that. Uh, he has a suicide vest. Yeah, which we don't know at this moment, but we no, do no, find no, sorry. out. Yeah, sorry, I, I jumped ahead there. No, it's cool, and and you can see also, yeah, like the Reverend struggling because it is that thing of like, how do you use your religion at a time like this to explain away <laughs> or to make the things better that are happening? Yeah, you know. Um. So yeah, you see him struggle with that, and. But he's like, he's basically just like, nothing can be worse than losing your child because I did that and it sucked yeah. ass. That was his direct quote. <laughs> um, that was not his direct quote. Um, going into the church a little bit, it was part of the Underground Railroad. And mm-hmm. at this point, mainly a tourist attraction. And they have shirts and mugs and stuff like that. You see them giving people a tour around this church. It's an mm-hmm. old, beautiful church that's been restored or kept up or whatever. And they're about to have their 250th anniversary. And he's been, the Reverend's been seeking support from Abundant Life, the mega church that owns this little church. To try and, yeah, like, make repairs and stuff like that. And they are going to uh, arrange a big event for the for this anniversary. It's kind of the plan that's going down. Right around now, it would be, like, when Amanda Seyfried's character finds this suicide 
bomb vest, right? Yeah. And so she calls the reverend over, he takes it away, and he's like, I'll talk to your boy about it, but at least now I have the vest, so he can't use it. And next time they're supposed to meet, then he texts him, oh, actually, meet me in these woods or whatever. And he is passed away from suicide in the woods. Yeah. Um, which was very sad. Yeah. And in his will, they he asked to have the funeral service at this toxic waste dump, <laughs> which they do. I thought that was baller as hell. It is baller as hell. That's, what, that's um, how I want to go out. Hell yeah. <laughs> just toss me in the dump, baby. Also, can I just say, I love Amanda Seyfried, and she's really good in this, too, and she doesn't get enough... Well, I don't know. She may get as much work as she wants to have, but I feel like she doesn't get enough work, you know? You think she doesn't get enough work? I love her. I think she's really good. I think she's consistently in movies. She's just, like, her main three biggest things are like she's maybe been in one huge movie which was mean girls and then the things we said veronica mars and mama mia huge movies just not enough she was in the art of racing in the rain a movie which i can confirm a lot of dum-dum saw Mm, never heard of it oh it came out it's about dogs and racing so (laughs) um i love that for her (laughs) she just like She's a really good, like, serious actor, and, like, her ability to cry and, like, stuff like that is just really good, and she should be in more, like, intense stuff like this. She was in Les Mis. That's a big movie. Maybe so. I just wanted to do more. I think think she's doing all right. (laughs) She's probably doing as much as she wants to. Yeah. She was in Family Guy. I want her to do more. Um... (laughs) She has babies now. We can't hold anything against her. Does she? Um, I'm on her Wikipedia page. She was pregnant. I just said she was pregnant when well, they were doing Well, I don't know this. if she kept the baby. <laughs> I guess that's fair. But yeah, I'm assuming I... if you're an actor, you're probably making a choice to, like, have a baby, you know? Because that's, like, impacts your career. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe she didn't want an abortion. I don't, who knows? <laughs> okay. We can keep circling around Amanda Seafried or we can move on. Okay. Okay. <laughs> That's my own fault. Um, what happens next? They have uh, a lunch well, meeting. Is that what's next? The lunch meeting yeah. with Cedric the Entertainer and the bad man. What's Ed- his name? Edward Balk. Edward Balk. Balk. <laughs> uh, Edward Balk. I don't think we know this at this point, but he mm, is one of the yet. major contributors. Turns out he's one of the major contributors to the financing of the megachurch. Mm-hmm. We may know that much at this point, but we don't know who he is. Yeah, so they are just chatting about this big event they have coming up. And um, then the Reverend kind of brings up environmental stuff. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, uh, and this guy, like, basically is roasting the Reverend, Ethan Hawke's character, and saying that he's dumb for thinking about the environment, more or less. He's like, yeah. oh, it's complicated. You're being stupid. And and he said that being at that funeral service was a political act. And he's like, you better not do anything political at this um, ceremony and all this <sighs> stuff. Yeah. And I'm over here thinking, hachi machi. <laughs> this asshole. This asshole. <laughs> um, 
And I think, is this the place where he says that line, like, will God forgive us for what we're doing yeah. in his creation? Yeah, he's sitting across from him in this diner. Yeah. And uh, it is the coolest shit. Yeah. I think uh, Ethan Hawke in this role is a total badass like he is. John Wick level badass to me. <laughs> like I like when he <laughs> there's an old tweet uh, by a guy on, on Twitter I follow who does a lot of he like watches these kind of movies and does a bunch of tweets about him and I think he's very funny. I think it's at Nick Usen Unsen or whatever. But he he cites a scene in this movie. It's something like watching Ethan Hawke pour Pepto Bismol into whiskey. And I'm thinking, this is one cool guy. (laughs) (laughs) I feel that way watching this movie when he just like destroys this. Like, imagine talking to someone about bit like go into Edward Balk's dumb fucking like CEO brain. And some guy is just like, will God forgive us for our uh, sins? For her harming his mic. For destroying his creation. And like. I don't know. How do you... <laughs> he just gets dunked on. Ed Bulk does. Yeah. It rocks. Yeah. And, um, you know, when Ed Bulk, like, sh- shoots down uh, Ethan Hawke's character at this moment, I think that's a real breaking point for him. Oh, yeah. For Ethan Hawke's character. Because you see him go back to the church and change the sign to, Will God Forgive Us? And um, Another he's baller-ass really... move. Hell yeah. And he's like really diving into this. He's learning about the environmental stuff. He's, you know, getting kind he, of overcome with that. Yeah, he's losing his mind. As you said, For I sure. think at the top of the episode. Yeah, at he's this losing point, his mind. He is. And we're also finding out that he's pretty ill. And yeah. we see him like pee blood. And, you know, we do see the infamous drink of whiskey and uh, Pepto. Yeah, it's beautiful. <laughs> if I if I still drank, that's what I'd be sipping on these days. Yeah, probably same. <laughs> Let's be honest. I keep Pepto on me at all times and <laughs> eat most meals with it. Um, <laughs> I am normal. Um, so <laughs> we think he's IBS. probably he's yeah, got IBS. He's, <laughs> he's probably all. he's very sick and but has not gone to the doctor for a long time. Finally, he goes to the doctor. And they are saying he probably has cancer. Yeah. But he doesn't do anything else about it. We see him back with Seafried um, in their empty living room or whatever that is. Yeah. This was like a wild scene where she's missing the physical touch of having her boyfriend around. Yeah. And, and she's like, we used to do this thing. It's intimate, but it's not sexual. It's just like to get to like touch each other and and be close or whatever um that they sat how do you even say what yeah, happened gl- they lay flat on top of yeah. one another <laughs> like she lays every, flat on top of him if you let stretch your hands out to your side palms out mm-hmm. like they are just laying on top of each other mm-hmm. uh tip to tip one might say tip to tip nip to nip um <laughs> Yeah, which doesn't seem very comfortable. I no. don't know. <laughs> they, some... your bone, like your rib bones would be touching each other. Like it's hard to breathe. Like people weigh a lot, you know, even yeah. skinny people. So 
some article I read <laughs> about it, the guy, the writer was like describing this scene, and he writes, he wrote like that at this point the they do the levitation mm-hmm. uh, move we all know, and I was like, what are you talking about? I have never been like, hey, let's touch every surface of our bodies together. I don't I want maybe- that. I've maybe done it before, but uh, not for long. <laughs> yeah, they do this for a long it's time. it's not cozy. <laughs> no. Not cozy for anyone. And, like, all your muscles are tense because you're holding up the other person or whatever. Um, yeah, not cozy. But the <laughs> Schrader said that um, when he thinks of this scene... Um, he said it creates a similar dynamic to that of spirituality, which suggests that the world around us, the so-called real world, can be transcended at any moment by contact with or intervention from the divine. Mm-hmm. Which is an interesting way to like portray that feeling. I think that's kind of neat. And yeah. it does kind of like take you away from... It's like them having a religious experience, and it does take you away from the real world for a little bit they're levitating they're flying they're green screened going across mountains whatever whatever (laughs) it's really cheesy but i love it it is cheesy but um i i don't i don't dislike it i don't think that it's a bad thing i think it's not at all yeah yeah i think it's kind of cool i think it speaks to an important brief moment of like relief for Mm -hmm. the reverend which Mm -hmm. If if you're looking at this movie in the grand scheme of things, I think one of the aspects of the movie that at least I get out from get out of it is um, the, for the people who relate to Reverend Toller. I at times feel like I am um, one or two like facts, one or two stories about what's going on away from like going crazy uh, mm-hmm. and being and like. Uh, you know, uh, you know, when do these fantasies about like overthrowing things and a complete upheaval of the system start to boil potentially into something uh, self-deprecating as it happens for him? And yeah. so I think when what... do you get your suicide vest? Yes, exactly. Like, yeah. <laughs> when do you get, you know, when do you and, and, and the distinction is Toller is not. If you want to know the right way, you know, the healthy way to do it, it's to talk to your community and build community and work together with other people. Um, if you sell, if you isolate like this and you are just taking on all these feelings, all you are going to do is you are individualizing a problem that is too big for you to take on for yourself, as Toller is doing. He mm-hmm. sees, you know, the global collapse that is going on around us as something that he's dealing with and he's not processing it with anyone. He's not talking to his community and people around him to say, okay, this is really fucked up. We need to make a serious change at this point. Lindsay just walked in the door. He probably also feels like, like it's kind of a hopeless situation because so many people are like the, the boyfriend early in the movie points out to him, like, all these people are already dying. They're martyring themselves yeah. for this cause, for environmental justice and, you know, resolution to things that are happening. And they're dying and we don't even know their names, you know, yeah. like 
And so, so many people are doing that work and, and bringing in other people and trying to make things happen. And it still is the way that it is. So it, it is kind of hopeless. You know? Yeah. It does seem kind of hopeless. So Absolutely. even if he does reach out and, and also that in combination with that, his um, church services are the attendance. There's three people listening to him preach, you know, every week. It's yeah. like, Nobody wants to listen to what I have to say, even about God, which everybody loves God, you know, yeah. <laughs> like or whatever, um, you know. So, yeah, it probably does feel really hopeless to him. Um, uh, how could to it just not? Be normal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which yeah. is why you're able to empathize with him when he is uh, self-destructing. Yeah. Um, continuing to just drink on this. He's not eating anything. Yeah. Uh, he's just completely decaying and furthering his own demise, not creating any any concrete solutions, but just really like, yeah, he's and he already even before this was starting off with the baseline of being like recovering from trauma and just like extreme duress, like with his yeah. son and his wife and everything going away. So that already was where he was starting off. And then, like, all these other things are piling on and piling on. Yeah, that's tough. So, it's like, we're pretty much almost to the end of the movie. Yeah. At this point, like, he plans to use that vest and blow up the church, basically. Yeah. Um, with, his uh, own church. He, he makes the connection about Ed Bulk and all mm-hmm. the uh, uh, polluting and everything. And he's like, yeah, I'm just going to fucking blow myself up, suicide bomb this service with Ed Bulk. And all these, like, shitty millionaires who probably also run companies that are polluting, and they're all going to be in the same room at once. And it's hard not to empathize with them for thinking this way. Yeah. It's really, like... We already want to kill billionaires. (laughs) Yeah, I don't... I mean, that's a joke. (laughs) Yeah, redacted. Parody, parody. Uh, Oh, God. (laughs) <laughs> no, that like, yeah, hachi machi. So he tells, yeah, he, yeah, he tells Mary not to come. Yeah, but she shows up anyway, and <sighs> she, like I've said, is pretty much the beacon of hope throughout this movie. Um, she's the only one who's normal, <laughs> normal yeah. and good. Yep, and she's his only real like connection to real world besides that weird. The one thing I didn't like about this whole movie was the weird like side plot of him like formerly dating some chick at the other church yeah i don't know they just kind of threw that in there like i didn't feel like that was necessary yeah but um yeah so she's the only thing in this world that he really cares about likes or like yeah or thinks has any hope for the future yeah and um so he tells her not to come but she shows up so then he has to change plans at the last minute basically um and he's in his little like Reverend House, um, wrapping himself in barbed wire. Um, cool and, thing to do. Yeah, pouring a glass of drain cleaner, and he's cool pretty thing much, to do. Yeah, um, it's pretty wild. It's really stressful. Everything's like culminating, um, and then Amanda Seyfried's comes in, and they hug and kiss. Yeah, and that's pretty much roll credits. Um, it is, yeah. What do you think? Obviously, the the ending is 
semi-abstract. I guess the ending was kind of an homage to that movie I mentioned earlier, The Ordette. Oh, was it? Um, yeah, because it, it ends in a similar way. So it's like a not, they said a non-objective emotional event with a, within a factual emotionless environment um, that uh, is like the music soars, the characters are finally having like big emotions and this kind of like really striking action that's so different from the rest of the movie, um, it just like suddenly demands your full emotional output. <laughs> yeah. Um, absolutely and yeah and it's very striking to the rest of the movie but it's really interesting I guess when they originally wrote it he did drink the Drano and I don't know if they shot it that way but um, they may have shot a few different alternate endings one Mm -hmm. where he drinks the Drano one where he explodes the bomb and then ultimately decided to go in the way that was inspired by the Ordet um, where they did have this big wild emotional kiss or whatever (laughs) i think i think he okay i believe what happens in the end is i don't think he wraps himself in barbed wire so initially he puts on the suicide vest and then puts on his uh cloak what's it called an alb if you if you little church freaks out there if you're nasty if you're nasty out there uh, an alb is is a, a special Christian garment, whatever dum dums. Anyway, <clears throat> he puts he put and then he takes off the suicide vest and then he wraps himself in barbed wire and then Amanda Seyfried all that. I believe he kept the suicide vest on, went in and did the deed, did the dirty deed, blew everything up, and that the <clears throat> wrapping barbed wire and then kissing of. Amanda Seyfried was, well, I don't know about the barbed wire. Maybe he did. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm bull, bull, bull crap in here. Um, <laughs> and then I believe the, at least the kiss with Amanda Seyfried is something like his final thought or how he would hope it ended. Um, because Amanda Seyfried just walks in while like everyone else is looking for him. Mm-hmm. But Amanda Seyfried just finds him easily. Well, he was in the same house that Cedric the Entertainer's character um, tried to open the door to, but it was locked. But somehow Amanda Seyfried gets in no problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So I think that is his like his last thoughts just of are of the this peace of this bliss <laughs> that he wishes he could experience, and that he went through with it. Um, I think that's a really cool interpretation. Yeah. Uh, obviously, yeah, that's all it is. I don't know. And, and, well, that's what fuck, what's fucking great about it is there is no concrete uh, interpretation to this. I think yeah. it is. It does leave it very much up to the viewer to see how it hits them. Yeah. And yeah, this movie is so emotional, so depressing, yeah. but like, but so good. And it's yeah. It's outstanding. I'm, can't believe I didn't see it sooner. Yeah. So that's the whole movie. Five, five, five stars. <laughs> five stars. Five goddamn five stars. stars. Yeah. This movie, I yeah, five stars. Would recommend. Um, this movie got a bunch of awards, but somehow barely, only just barely went over um, like 
Their budget was three point five million, mm-hmm. and just in twenty nineteen, they cracked three point eight million. Well, in good profits. for them. But, but like it's so good. Yeah, <laughs> but, and it got all these awards. Like, why did it not make more money? I don't know. <laughs> I wish I wish good movies would do good. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Um. But yeah, five five. Uh, would recommend. Um, for sure. Do you have any more thoughts on this? I don't. I feel kind of drained. I know. It really is. It's a draining movie to watch and it's a draining movie to talk about because it's yeah. so it's so heavy. That's the problem. Yeah. It's a big weight to carry. But good one. Yeah. Um, it's outstanding. Now it's time for Scream Vomit. Colin, what have you been watching? I've been, you know what I've been watching? I've been watching my freaking Animal Crossing town. Oh, hell yeah. That counts. Behind the scenes for everyone, uh, Kayla and I hung out all last night on each other on my island. On Colin's Animal Crossing Island. <laughs> on that <at> Deathburg. <laughs> um, Did he see the name of my town? <laughs> yeah, Buff Buffboro. Buffberg. <laughs> Buffberg. We just put as many letters into Berg as we could. Yeah. So it's like B O U R G H. Yeah, I don't know how you got all those letters in it. I didn't uh-huh. get ugh, whatever. Yeah. You just put the letters there. I've been. We well, thought I, it was funny. <laughs> yeah, Animal Crossing and wrestling, just the normal shit. Just uh, watching old. Wrestling matches is bringing me a lot of peace right now because nice. uh, a lot of good wrestling feels just very. Oh, look at these crowd. Look, just normal, just normal. Yeah, um, normal people. Yeah, sitting next to each other. Yep, just sitting next to each other, screaming, <laughs> hugging, sweating all over each other, and it's not a problem. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, my my uh, here apocalypse tip. Uh, from a old coll- tip. a pocket tip from old college a just just watch stuff that uh, makes your brain feel like it's just getting a little massage yeah yeah that's fair um i between in the last couple days have probably watched through like two full <laughs> seasons of grace and frankie <laughs> um, i have it on tv most of the time yeah. um like I said before, it's fine. It's a good show. Um, I also, today, there was a catfish marathon on TV. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> so I was watching catfish, like, fucking all day. And, uh, man, I watched a real shitty ep earlier that was from 2012 where mm-hmm. the catfisher was a trans man. And, boy, did they not do any of that right. <laughs> <laughs> So shout out to that trans man from 2012. Uh, hope you're, hope all you're right. doing okay. Yeah, because yeah, that sucked ass. But however, um, you know, despite how Neve and Max, classic Neve and Max, um, handled all of that, mm-hmm. uh, this was one of the few episodes where they actually end up with the person at the end of the episode, and they're in love and whatever. Uh-huh. So, Beautiful. so at least there's that. What have you been um, watching? I guess you've been saying. 
that was it. Yeah. <laughs> I just told you the I never, two I never, I never, I never, I just realized I never asked. Like, uh... <laughs> Pretend Colin asked me that before I just said everything I was watching. I thought you were going to have, I don't know. Never mind. Delete, delete. <laughs> Colin is high as fuck. Um, <laughs> uh, don't tell anyone. Um... I don't know if that's true or not. And it's do not. not confirm or deny. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right. So that's pretty much what's up. Um, yeah. Do we have any more thoughts about anything? Uh, no. What's our, what's our next flick? Her Smell. Oh, yeah. Not a fan of that title. Do you know what it is? Yeah. I don't remember, but I remember looking Elizabeth it up. Elizabeth Moss. She's like a Courtney Love kind of person. Um, it came out at the same time as uh, our RP movie from last year. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Why can I, I not? I just want to say how high. What's it called? High Life. High Life. <laughs> high life. Um, it came out at the same time as High Life last year. It was in the theaters at the same time. Hell yeah. Um, okay, so let's watch that next. Yeah. Next, we're going to do Her Smell. Uh, which you can stream on something, probably. Her uh, smell. At, I at least know that it's on Canopy, but not everybody has Canopy. I'm sure it's somewhere else. Um, Just, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Right. Watch Her Smell. Catch up with us next time. Um, thanks to Thin Swimmer for our theme song. Um, you can support him on his Bandcamp, thinswimmer.bandcamp.com. Um, we can uh, also be available <laughs> <laughs> we are on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Letterboxd, um, at Screen Vomit, one word, on all the things. Uh, subscribe on your podcast app. Do the little subscribey. Um, yeah. You can email us at ScreenVomitPod at gmail.com. Uh, we do also have a backlog of episodes that have been waiting to be edited for approximately three months um, <laughs> that I haven't gotten to. We're not. But... Uh, those were recorded in a different world, um, so we'll put those out later. Yeah. Um, okay, that's all. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye.